Good morning, listeners. Welcome to the 16th episode of the Unprofessional Analyst. Today, we will be um, discussing the the uh, Cal- the wildfires that have been ravaging the West Coast of the United States and um, Donald Trump. But before we get started um, with this week's episode, uh, I just want to take some time to to commemorate um, the anniversary of 9-11. Um, today, today is some Sunday, September 13th, but obviously we cannot, you know, actually commemorate 9-11 on 9-11 as we only film these on Sundays. But I just wanted to take some time before we dive deep into the episode to to acknowledge the the tragedy that is 9-11. Yeah. So, yeah, with that, with that out of the way, um, uh, every year around the months of... Um, August, September, October, November, um, there's one thing that the United States Forest Service and the California Department of Forestry fears, and that is fire season on the West Coast. Um, Fire season on the West Coast is rather brutal compared to the rest of the United States. Um, Homes are lost, a lot of property is destroyed, and sometimes, unfortunately, um, lives are lost. Um, if you recall, during the 2018 fire season, the campfire in Northern California um, destroyed the entire town of Paradise and also claimed the lives of 85 people. Um, this fire season has already been deadly, and we are only around one month into the season. Um, it's claimed 20 people already, and over 3 million acres have burned across um, the states of the three West Coast states of Oregon, Washington, and California. Um, so like I said, this, this fire season has already been pretty devastating, even though we're only one month in, um, according to Cal fire as of September 12, um, there are over 20 major blazes actively burning in the state of California. That's not even counting, um, Oregon, Washington, Oregon has around 35 major fires ravaging in the state. And again, we aren't even close to the end of fire season. Um, fire season typically ends around October or November, and keep in mind it's only a bit the beginning of September. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, if if you live in any of the three states—Washington, California, and Oregon—you uh, probably have seen the yellow skies and um, alongside with um, fire ash. So we know that fires have been ravaging through the states of California, Oregon, and Washington. And as early as August 19th, 2020, California Governor Gavin Newsom reported that the state was battling 369-67 known fires, and many were sparked by intense thunderstorms on August 16th, caused by moisture from remnants of tropical storm Fausto. And, um, and, and recently, there was a small fire, not a small fire, but a fire started um, from a gender re- reveal party, um, it was a uh, so gender reveal party. It's a uh, it's a party where um, someone's pregnant and they gather their friends uh, and they tell their friends what the gender of the baby is. So that's a gender reveal party. Uh, I just want to bring it up here because it's kind of bizarre. So kind of interesting. Uh, but anyway, like you shouldn't be have mass gatherings during COVID, anyways. Uh, and also, uh, the, this year's fire have been made worse by the record-shattering heat wave, which scientists have said is part of the region's increasing extreme swings between hot and dry weather. So, um, 
if you recall, last weekend, Labor Day weekend, uh, California has been pretty hot. Uh, from where I live, it was 120 degrees. And, yeah, where mm-hmm. where I was from, um, or on, on Saturday, I was, I was um, uh, at the beach, and it was 91 degrees at the beach. Don't worry, uh, I was social distancing at the beach. I had a mask on. Mm-hmm. I was uh, on an empty party. It was 91 degrees, and for the beach, that's relatively hot. And then after that, I went to Chino Hills, and it was like 119 degrees there. Mm-hmm. at night so yeah it was um so definitely this heat um obviously exacerbates it the fire uh and talking about fire in california so um if you look at geographically california it has well most part of california it has a mediterranean climate which means summer it is dry and hot and into winter it is wet and cool and this type of climate, it usually locates between 30 degree and 45 degree latitudes, north and south of the equators. And um, we'll, we'll talk about this later, but because summer is dry and you don't have any rain and winter and spring, you have a lot of rain. So this cycle will continue, um, which causes annual fire in California. We'll explain it later. And uh, so far this year, 2020, 20 persons were found dead because of the fire and um, according to the weather channel two days ago so more than 3.1 million acres of land have been burnt in california this year more than in any other fire season in the state's recorded history and as julian said um it's not even close to the end of fire season yet and we've broken the record mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, just like the California fire uh, captain said, this is crazy. We haven't even gotten into the October and November fire season. We've broken the all-time record. Uh, and also, um, in response to this, uh, on late Sunday, last Sunday, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom declared a state emergency in five California counties. Uh, and also... Um, Governor Newsom, he called for a conservation of energy in case of a power outage because, you know, sometimes your elect- electricity station, you know, they might get burned down or, you know, like the ashes might do something to it. Yeah, it was, um, mm-hmm. I think there was the remember how I mentioned earlier, there was that that fire, the campfire mm-hmm. in Paradise, California that that killed like 85 people. Mm hmm. I believe that fire was... Yeah, I, I just Googled it right now. The campfire was caused by um, one of those electrical um, power stations. A mm. spark flew, and that's you know. The, the whole city is destroyed, and 85 people are dead. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so conserve your energy. Try to save energy, as we should always do, uh, just in case of a power outage. And also, um, you know, this is definitely a disastrous time and uh, the climate is not helping at all because it was very hot last weekend and talking about climate or well, climate change has worsened the fire conditions in the states um uh that was said by daniel swain from ucla also um because of the widespread fires the u.s forest service announced a temporary closure of all 18 national forests in the states We'll talk about climate change a little bit later, too. Um, moving on to Oregon. So, according to the Weather Channel, there have been a dozens of people missing 
and thousands of structures destroyed in Oregon. And the state currently has 500,000 people, over 500,000 people, which is about 10% of the state's entire population being told to evacuate. Evacuation expanded in the southern suburbs of Portland overnight with all of the 418,000 residents of Clackamas County now under some level of evacuation warning and at least half the country under a mandatory county, a mandatory evacuation order. And uh, in Oregon, things are a little bit better compared to California. So there have been at least 36 active fires which have burned um, 1 million acres of land, more than 1 million acres of land, according to the State Office of Emergency Management. And uh, just like California, you can feel the fire anywhere. Governor Kate Brown, the governor of uh, Oregon, said that almost anywhere in the state, you can feel this right now. And, you know, the what well, we've seen in California, the skies have been yellow and ashy, and gray and brown so you might think yeah the air quality isn't very good it's the same in Oregon so iqair.com it's a website that ranks air pollution across nearly 100 cities internationally they gave Portland Oregon uh, an overall air quality index of 239 and the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency listed Portland as even higher at 349 so what does 349 mean well I found a chart online that talks about the air pollution index. So anything over 300, they list as hazardous. And they say that everyone should avoid all physical activities outdoors. So here, um, so it, but, but like if, if you really have to go out, just wear a mask. Because, you know, if, if you inhale enough uh, ashes, your body can be damaged. Your lungs can be damaged. So just wear a mask, as you should have been doing. Also, um, Washington, uh, and lastly, talking about Washington State, um, the wildfire have scorched more than 595,000 acres in Washington. Uh, that was said by the governor on Thursday. And more than 120 homes have been destroyed. The hardest hit part is the old railroad town of Maiden. And uh, by Tuesday afternoon, most of the town's homes were destroyed, along with city hall, post office, and library. And also, uh, one death has been attributed to the fires in Washington. A one-year-old boy uh, died, and his par parents were severely burned while fleeing the fire, uh, the Seattle Times reported. So it's a tragical time. You know, 2020, we've all been through a lot. Right now, we have, uh, hopefully, it's the last thing, wildfire. And uh, Julian now will explain to you the causes of the fire. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people, so obviously there are, you know, at this point when you, when you combine all three states, Washington, Oregon, California, there are dozens um, of wildfires, you know, r ravaging the West Coast. Um, people... A lot, but a lot of people are wondering um, why these wildfires have been caused. And while it's not a direct cause, um, it's, it's definitely um, 
uh, a factor that exacerbates the the severity of these um, the extent of the severity of these fires, and that's climate change. Um, as Yihan mentioned last week, or as Yihan mentioned earlier, last week starting around September third is Friday, September third. Um, a heat wave struck up and down the or excuse me Thursday, September third. A heat wave struck up and down the the west mm-hmm. coast. Um, like Yihan said, it was 120 degrees where he was. Um, for me, it was 119 degrees in Chino Hills. Um, this brutal heat wave um, was an indirect uh, catalyst for these wildfires. And I mean this because obviously there had to be direct catalysts for these wildfires. Like Yihan mentioned, there was that party in Southern California. Yeah, that, that sparked, tech- uh-huh. it sparked yeah. one of the fires, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pyrotechnic device malfunction sparked one of the fires. Um, it's still that fire is still raging actually it's been raging for six days and um, it's spread across two counties it's here in southern california it's spread across san Bernardino county and riverside um, so like i said this this brutal heat wave um, which has already undoubtedly which has undoubtedly contributed um, to these to these wildfires um, it's tied into climate change um, according to the american geophysical union the agu um, 21st century urbanization has already has exacerbated already devastating effects of climate change, which has been occurring for centuries already. Um, this is exemplified through you know heat wave and fire statistics. Um, according to the AGU, heat waves are now 42 percent more likely to occur due to climate change, and due to this increase in heat waves, this 42 percent increase in heat waves. Um, and the exacerbation of climate change, California's wildfires, uh, the amount of wildfires in California has increased fivefold since the 1970s. It's, incre- it's five times greater now since the 1970s because of heat waves and you know climate change. Um, according to the uh, California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, um, five of the most devastating wildfires in the state of California have occurred since 2017. So in the past three years, Five of, the, five of the most devastating wildfires in the state have occurred since 2017 in the past three years. And 17 out of 20 of those most devastating wildfires have occurred in the past 20 years. So I think that just comes to show, you know, the the trend of climate change and how it just gets worse over time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so as uh, you just said, talk about urbanization. So, you know, people move into the city and, you know, people need land to live on and they need land to open up factories and shops. So sometimes people um, just chop down, chop down trees that obviously causes climate change. So, yeah, I just we should, um, you know, protect our environment. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like I said, uh, or according to the AGU, um, climate change. Um, exacerbates fire damage in in a certain way. Um, so as temperatures rise, the environments in California, natural environments in California, will will grow drier and more arid, right? Mm-hmm. Because the it'll evaporate moisture and water from trees and shrubs. Yeah, the trees and will just become dry, dry woods. Mm-hmm, exactly, and those dry trees and those dry plants um, will will uh will will be the perfect recipe for a fire right because the hot dry air from those rising temperatures combined with 
dry plants it's perfect for to to foster a fire right mm -hmm. yeah so obviously so then that will lead to fires burning and totally devastating the land right yes but one thing about fires is that it really it really um it destroys all the land and it leaves usually it would leave no plants to be burned in the future right because everything would have been burnt right mm -hmm. but 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 then but, again but yeah. then according to the agu there there due to climate change what is called weather whiplashes will be more prevalent so after these intense periods of dry and hot air there will be intense periods of rain we can already see that every every um february every early, and march yeah you know in the early months of every year at least here in the state of california there are intense periods of of rain, rain. Mm -hmm. exactly so Exactly. So due to these weather whiplashes, that will foster the growth of new plants and it'll foster the growth of new trees. And then the cycle will occur again because these new trees and plants will grow, will grow dry the next time there would be a drought. And then, you know, combined with the hot air, perfect recipe for fire, fire burns and weather whiplash and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So the cycle occurs again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So... As we've already, as I've reiterated multiple times throughout this episode, the this this is, this fire season has been especially devastating. So, in order to mitigate the devastation of these of this wildfire season, um, all levels of government have responded to these disasters. Um, on the local level, you know, local townships and municipalities and cities they've lent their own local firefighters to assist with blazes nearby. On the federal level, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, has responded. Um, for those that don't know what FEMA is, it's a federal organization run by the, uh, by the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security. And they, co they coordinate prevention, mitigation, and response to domestic um, disasters. FEMA might sound a little bit familiar because they've, re they've coordinated responses to hurricanes, tornadoes, and COVID-19. But um, but for this for this wildfire season, FEMA has granted financial resources to California and Oregon. Um, on the state level, uh, state organizations such as Cal Fire, the California um, Conservation Corps, and um, inmate firefighters, so prisoners at state prisons, have all responded. Um, so obviously, you know they need heavy duty equipment, so they've been using fire trucks and airplanes and bulldozers and helicopters. Um, the state's been using these these FEMA grants, these the the financial resources granted by um, by the federal government. They've used them to buy more equipment, such as um, brand new Firehawk helicopters, um, which is for those uh, military aviation fans that are listening, um, a derivative of the Black Hawk military helicopter. And um, the state has also purchased um, C-130 airplanes. Um, the California National Guard has also responded. They've been lending manpower and air power to help fight fires and evacuate citizens because one thing that people do not want or, or um, don't want to repeat is the campfire. I already mentioned earlier, it's the fire that killed 85 people. Um, so they don't want that to happen again. So what they've what the California National Guard has been doing is that they've, they've been using their air power to... Um, their aircraft to conduct air evacuations out of danger zones throughout the past week. For instance, um, the the National Guard has been the California National Guard 
has been executing air operations in the um, Sierra National Forest airlift and they've been um, evacuating citizens from the Creek fire. Um, Chief Warrant Officer Kip Godin, who is a, um, a National Guard Blackhawk pilot, stated every piece of vegetation, as far as you could see around that lake was on fire. I've been flying for 25 years. We occasionally get shot at um, overseas during missions. It's definitely by far the toughest flying that I've ever done. And, you know, just I think that it's a testament to to how dire the situation is when you know a pilot with combat experience state says that you know flying in and out of a fire zone is more um, is more dangerous and it's it's harder than flying in and out of a of an active combat zone. So I I just said that because I thought that was a little bit interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also um, something that's counterproductive to all these efforts is uh, rumors. So the police de- department in, F- in Medford, Oregon, uh, they reported hearing throughout Wednesday that um, there, there were rumors that officers have arrested either leftist Antifa or right-wing activists for um, Arison with no evidence. You know, some people, they just like to post conspiracy theories and, you know, get everyone uh, scared and that that that's just some people like to do. So like here, I just suggest everyone just just listen to the officials. Like, don't trust the conspiracy theories that you see online. They're probably not true. I think just this is just a little bit of a tangent mm-hmm. here. I think for me, um, that's why I don't trust social media for news anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I same. mean, like I follow I follow like reputable news organizations on on social media, but only reputable news organizations. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I know that if I follow something that might be, you know, or just any person that might be, just like if a random individual just posts something about news, then obviously, you know. Yeah, it's it's probably not gonna be credible. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, for those of you that are listening, um, just take your news from reputable sources if you want to sound, if you want to sound smart. Yeah. <laughs> the most accurate news. Uh-huh. So, and uh, speaking of news, um, there was a pretty pretty big news this week about um, the about Mr. President Donald Trump. So on September 9th, Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by a far right Norwegian politician, and this is what the Norwegian politician said: "Today, I have nominated U.S. President Donald Trump for Nobel Peace Prize." Uh, saying that um, this was motivated by groundbreaking cooperation agreement between the United Arab Emirates and Israel, which Trump helped facilitate um, last month. Also, um, he also told Fox News on Wednesday that, quote, for his merit, I think he has done more trying to create peace between nations than most other Peace Prize nominees. Um... And also, um, he also told Fox News that uh, he was nominated, well, he nominated Trump because um, Trump hadn't started any wars. Because Trump has broken a 39-year streak of American presidents, either starting a war or bringing the United States into international armed conflict. Well, I do agree that he didn't start any wars, but this is just my opinion, you know. Anyone remember in January, like at the beginning of January, you know how Trump assassinated um, one of the Iranian officials? Just saying. 
Uh, and Suleimani, am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So I, I guess that that doesn't count as international armed conflict then. Uh, and I, I, I went to look up the Nobel Peace Prize, uh, and on their website it says that Nobel Peace Prize should be awarded to persons who are in the preceding years shall have done the most or the best work for a fraternity between nations, for the abolition or reducing of standing armies, and for the holding and promotion of peace congress. Well, uh, it says uh, abolition or reduction of standing armies. I don't see any reduction of U.S. military armies. So like, well, do, is that like a necessary requirement? Do they have to have done that, or is that just like, or is well, that just no? Do, do, do they have to do all of those guidelines? Well, no, or... no. Th- this this is just what they this is just a statement they say. I think it's like a general statement. They say like so it's like, not necessary. It's it's not, it's, it's exactly not necessary. necessary. Yeah, it's it's not necessary. And, um, and also it says um, fraternity between nations and hold promotion of peace congress. Well, we've all know like not like what conflicts that's non-military that Trump has started. You know, like the big one since twenty eighteen was the economic trade war. Well, yeah, I know it's not a military conflict, but still, it's a conflict, and it doesn't help with fraternity between nations. Uh, and something else really big about. Donald Trump came out this week. So we've all known that Trump has been saying the coronavirus is like a flu and it will go away miraculously somewhat. But uh, so last week, uh, Woodward, Bob Woodward, American journalist, he released the audio record from February 7th when he interviewed uh, Mr. Trump. So he said, uh, well, well, this is what, this, this is what Trump said. He says, you just breathe air and that's how it's passed. And so that's a very tricky one. It's a very delicate one. It's also more deadly than you, you know, even your strenuous flus. This is deadly stuff. So Trump, back in February 7th, when no one, well, most people in the United States are still, you know, having their normal life. Trump knew that this virus was dangerous. And it's not a flu. Not at all. But but um, what Trump, when, when, when the reporters asked Trump about this, record this is what trump said trump said well if he thought they were so bad or dangerous why didn't he immediately report them in an effort to save life didn't he have an obligation to do so so now he's blaming woodward for something he said himself he's saying that yeah i said bad stuff but why didn't you report them to the people it's i mean i mean i mean we're we're all kind of like you know Getting used to this, so I'm 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 not too surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to add, or? No, uh, no, just uh, you know, everyone stay safe. Uh, you know, the sky's still a little bit ashy here, so stay safe and be away from the fires. And we'll see you next week. Bye bye.